at this orange? Tell me please, what do you see? It's just a boring old orange! Maybe to you, but not to me. I see a silly face Whoa. walking along and smiling at me. I don't see what you mean. Cause you're not thinking creatively. Welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 253. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And as always, we have a packed show for you on the only football show on Vancouver Radio. Yes, so much to talk about. Some good, not a lot, but some bad, quite a lot, and some stuff in between. So we we have lots of things to go over. We're we're going to be joined by Stormy Daniels to to dissect the lack of creativity in the White Cats midfield. Oh, not sorry, I was she was on CNN earlier, so I don't think she's she's coming on our show tonight. But we are going to talk about that LA game, and I, I thought it was very fitting. The, it's Juno weekend here in Vancouver, and that match last night fitted in perfectly with that, because I think when most people saw the LA team that was out there, they were like, "Do you know who they are?" No, I don't think they knew who they, they were themselves. No, yeah. Hey, Big Beach was on the bench. If that's Is your personal nickname for him. Then now, okay. was he the second goalie or the third goalie? Because he had two goalies on the bench. Yes, right. which I, I did ask Ziggy about afterwards, so that that raised a little bit of a chuckle I, from me. I did ask Big Misha about that too. <laughs> basically, I mean, we'll, we'll hear this when we play Ziggy, but he basically just said, I only had 17 fit guys, so I just thought, ah, what the hell, may as well just bring them all along on the trip. Ah, nice. Good for camaraderie. Yeah. But we'll delve into the, the LA game. We're just we're going to do most of it in part one, because there wasn't really a lot to talk about, but... General thoughts and feelings coming out of it. It was another weakened team coming into BC Place. Another poor performance by the Caps. But unlike RSL in Portland, we at least got a point from this one. What was your feelings immediately after the match? Oh, uh, I tweeted it out, but I can't repeat it what I oh. tweeted out. Uh, oh, I forgot to look at it. You told yeah, me to look at it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, but uh, it, it, it was just... I, I, can't, I can't understand what's going on. It, this team constantly seems, no matter who's in charge, no matter who the players are, they always seem to be play at the level of the 
opposition. It, it does no, not always, but I hear yeah, I, know, it, no, I hear the sentiment. Yeah, but but when it seems like these these dire situations for the other team, like you said, Portland RSL. I can remember Montreal after the World Cup that one year, uh, twenty fourteen, um, when they when they I think Montreal played like seven defenders or something like that. Yeah, um, it it just seems like they're not able to break it down no matter what's going on. I asked Robo on Friday before the game if he was going to draw on those Portland and RSL games as just kind of an example of what can go wrong. And three times in his answer, he mentioned about not getting fooled again. Did he get fooled again? Because, well, I guess we got a point this time, so maybe we, maybe he's learning. For me, though, got to give a tip of the hat to, to Siggy Schmidt. He got his team tactics bang on for this one. He, he had no choice. <laughs> the, the, I think he talked a lot in the build-up to the game, though. He was saying that they don't know how the Whitecaps are going to line up because they've been 4-2-3-1, they've been 4-1-4-1. So he said Three all week. Three at the back. Yeah. But I, I didn't think he was expecting that one. But he, he said he was going to plan for all occurrences this week and have the team ready. So no matter what Vancouver put out there, his team were then ready to adapt and slot into into a, a matching for match thing. So was this just a case of a more experienced manager outwitting a newer one? No, I, I I find it hard to call it outwitting when I think Ziggy did virtually the only thing he could do with what was available to him. <laughs> what players he had. Yeah, on the so I, I've, I I think that's a little bit harsh. But yeah, I think when you look at when you look at how how things laid laid out, I think the the formation and the approach I think was maybe part of the issue of why things didn't maybe more fully click for Vancouver, right? Like it was this four three four three three. They haven't played that a lot, um, and I think I still think I think it comes down to uh, Jordy not really not really meshing, not really clicking with, with the other attacking players. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the the many talking points that to come out of it, which we obviously will come to. And some other possible news about Reina that's been doing the rounds on, on Twitter today. But Robo afterwards, but he didn't seem too downbeat. Should he have been? I think that was mostly for the cameras. Um, I think he's... but. You could tell in a way that he was a little down more than he normally is because you, you could sense it. Um, he was he was trying to make jokes and stuff like that, but you could tell that there was it was a little off a little. The, the oh, to be fair, is. you guys don't get UK humor. No, right. But but also, I think this goes back to like his approach to all these things, right? So sure, is he going to come out and say, "Well, you know, we would have got three points if uh, Jordy had scored, if Kai had scored, you know, if they had taken the chances, if we actually created some chances, if we just taken them, we we should have got three. Like, if he it was more direct in saying those kinds of things, yeah. that, that would put that would he doesn't do that. He doesn't want to highlight his his yeah. players' shortcomings as much as possible. But yeah, is he happy? No, I don't think he's happy. I think I think he's happy at one as opposed to zero. But I don't think he's happy. I think they're disappointed. The one thing for me that I, uh, when I stopped and reflected, okay, yes, the result wasn't great. The performance is, I, I, the performance is what I think has more people concerned and frustrated or worried or whatever. Yeah. But the thing I, uh, today, kind of sober second thought kind of thing. Actually, I'm always sober, so I guess my thoughts <laughs> are always, always sober. No, you're drunk on the soccer. <laughs> right, yeah. Or football. Drunk, drunk we, on the, we need on the to support. slip him something illegal yeah. so we can get his thoughts that way. <laughs> but um, when I was thinking about it, and you look at the four, you got, okay, four games into the new campaign, 
If you were if, top of the West, right? There's that. But if you were to look at the, the, these four games, you would have said we should win the whole matches. That's two wins, and get, get, get something on the road. Would be one draw. Yeah, get one draw on the road. So seven points from these first four four games yeah. is probably about where they were. I hoping. did say though on the Radio Cascadia show I fancied three wins in the first month, so right. I was ready to be really cocky when I went on their show tomorrow. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're a very optimistic group of people. True. But the thing is, for me, is like normally uh, talk, talking about optimism. I'm normally not that dire, especially when the game's going on. But that first 15 minutes was horrendous, Whoa. and you only because at, the at one point it was it was 34. They, Whitecaps only had 34 after the first 15 minutes. the The problem was is you're playing a team that's really depleted. You got a lot of young players there. One guy you said, I remember you saying the one started in the USL the week yeah, before. Yeah, Thomas Hilliard Arcee. Oh, their draft who pick. was their number one draft pick, number two overall, was in USL last week. Because they're trying to give him experience and everything. Yeah. That's what they want him to play minutes. But the, nice guy, though, spoke to him after. Um, but the p- whole point is, is you had a team that was, they should have ran over them in that first 15 minutes. Yeah. And they're playing at home too, so you have the yeah. momentum of the crowd and everything. That, but, that was the time to really go for a team. Because that's... If LA had fallen behind, that that was it. I didn't yeah. see any way back for them at all. All yeah. the dominoes and, would have gone down. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to give them time to settle. And what you didn't want to do was then give them the ball to, to knock about and, and get the team settled and how they've lined up and get a look at the white caps. And, I mean, the best chances in the first half both fell to Vancouver yeah. to share a cold one over. And then for me, the big difference maker of the game, and we'll talk about Boatings in the second half in a bit, but the big difference maker for me was Jordy Rayner. One and one with Bingham. Hit it straight at Bingham. Yeah. If that had gone in, the flood well, maybe not the floodgates would have opened, but it was a comfortable Whitecaps win after that. Talking to Bingham after the match, asked him about that chance, and he's like, Well, I, I know what Rayner does, so I knew just to stand in the that position and he would hit it straight at me, basically. So he, he's watched game tape of Reyna. He wow. knew what Reyna was going to do there. So he was confident the whole way that he was going to stop it. Well, uh, and the thing is, is like we talked about before, talking about Bingham, I, I, we, we talked about before the game, I go, if Bingham stands on his head, then I won't have a problem yeah. if it's a 0-0 draw or like a, a draw or whatever. If he like totally, he didn't steal the show. No. He made that one save on Reyna because he did his homework, obviously. Yeah. But he didn't steal the show. And sort of forced, the way that the, forced Kai Wise. Sort of. the, the DC keeper, yeah. I can't remember his name, the DC keeper from last year uh, who st- like just robbed him of a... Was that Joe Willis? Bill Hamid? No, yeah, yeah. Bill Hamid. Yeah, was no, it? it wasn't Bill, he didn't play here, did he? No, somebody last so year, I, whoever it was, whatever the case was, that he he st- he like robbed. Uh, DC has definitely got better keepers. This yeah, year. yeah, yeah. So so uh, so if it was Bingham stealing, Are you the sure sh- you seen the result? Stealing the result, then I would have yeah, been okay yeah. with it. But it wasn't that case yesterday. No, I mean, if that had gone in, I know it's ifs, buts, etc., etc. I think it would have been a comfortable win. Whitecaps would be top of the West on their own. Three wins out of four. Much different reaction on. on Twitter and social media than it was. I, I know it's surprising to to hear that Whitecaps fans on social media went into a bit of meltdown. A lot of them not happy with Robo. Many feel he hasn't kind of learned to adapt tactics and they don't like Robo Ball and we'll come to some comments about that when we get to some listeners' tweets. Looking at Rayner though, what is what is up with him? We, we talked about it before, he's a bit off the pace, we mentioned that again, he looks poor. How long, though, does he continue to be a starter 
before he ends up dropped because you've got all this competition for places right now. Yeah, because he, he, the thing is, he's a guy without a position right now. He, is he playing a number 10? Is he playing wide? Um, you guys talked about in the preseason that you don't know where he's going to line up with all yeah. these other players coming in. So, yeah, it's interesting to see. He's the, probably one of the more creative players we've got on the team. If you look at the other midfielders, they're kind of workhorses. You've got Felipe, who likes to go box-to-box, can play attacking mid. You've got Juarez that likes to go box-to-box. Russell Tybert's more a, a DM guy. Much can play on the wing. He can play in the middle. He was pushing up yesterday when he yeah. came on the field too. I quite, quite like Much his performance just a bit, but but Reina just seems out of sorts. Yeah. And then today on Instagram, he had a, a photo of him with a, a packed bag, saying uh, it's it's business, not personal. Which you can read into a number of different ways. Is he on a business trip? It's not a personal trip that he's doing, or has someone said to him? Hey, we've traded you. Hey, look, it's business. It's not personal. Is another way that you could look at it. It could just be that he's the, flying to join up with Peru, who play Iceland in New Jersey on Tuesday. Yeah, and there's no way to know because it's all speculation. It's just yeah. based on one Instagram he's photo. Apparently in LA, though, someone just uh, messaged me and said that his Instagram was tied in LA. So oh, okay. who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, would you be surprised if someone wanted to take him off the white caps hands and the white cats were like, "Yes, please take him away." Yeah, lots of lots of questions yeah. about about all this. Because he of might stuff. have to head back to Peru to sort out some things there as well. Who knows? You know, the, the stuff from the summer. The one thing again, there's lots of ifs and speculation and whatever. I like. I wonder if they, because again, no matter his role or non-role and whatever happened in, in the, the situation in the summer, like I hope that I hope that. You know those within the the team like had him sit down with someone because like when you're involved in something traumatic like in life, what you know, or you're close to something traumatic in life, like you should sit down and talk with someone, whether it's someone like a professional yeah. or like whatever. And like so, I, it, it, maybe it's a oh yeah, because maybe we asked and we asked Robbo the first day of preseason, where's where's Jordy's head at, and he said, well, he's good, he's got a smile on his face, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I mean, something like that is going to affect you play for sure. You. Yeah. And like friend of the show, Matic, left a comment on a report on, on AFTN saying, why why have none of the local media spoken to Reyna about this? Why has he not spoken to, to people here? Why are folk not asking questions about it? We've tried. Yeah. Jordi doesn't do interviews in English. So unless you've got a translator, that's not going to happen. And questions about that were off limits anyway. Yes. So... He wasn't going to talk about it. And, and because I know, I, I, I'm not sure, I think it's still an ongoing uh, case. It hasn't been closed yet. It's officially. gone very quiet. Yeah, but it hasn't been closed. No. It never gets closed officially. So he can't comment on it until yeah. it's totally so, cleared. All I was saying is that, like, you don't want to just, it's kind of like you don't want to go either too far either way on this, but, like, you wonder it, how much that's weighing on an individual. Yeah. Which was one of the things I wanted to ask him, like, where was his mind yeah. at? And... And we Cause haven't whenever, been whenever, able to get that yet, but we'll we'll keep trying. Whenever you're that close to something traumatic, it affects you. Yeah. yeah. And so, what was uh, really traumatic was that second half, though. Yeah, <laughs> my heart was in my mouth when Boateng. Oh yeah. Went in on goal, and he should have buried that. That was a terrible miss. Great for us, but I mean the pace that he just left. I think it was Aha. Yeah. Just left he, him he, flat. He, he, yeah, flat-footed. He totally got caught flat-footed there. I don't think he expected Boateng to do that. No. Uh, I think he had a head time. But, yeah. He allowed it to bounce, basically. Aha's, yeah. 
Uh, there was some, you know, the people I was watching with, there's some concern about maybe AHA's pace or well, lack thereof. But. We'll talk about AHA in part three because we have a chat with him this right. week. I uh, got a chance to chat with him on Friday. I mean, that, that was LA's best chance, only chance. Yes. They only had one shot on, on target in the whole game. Kamara had a good yeah, chance too at the end He could have won it at the end. It would have been a, a highlight reel goal with a little keepy up as he was doing to, to bring it down. So many people in the stadium obviously thought it was, it was a goal. In, yes. But it wasn't. At least they got to cheer for something. Yeah. Even if it wasn't. That, that was about the brief. Yay. And the it wasn't the brief, felt. actually. It lasted a while. <laughs> so for those who are wondering why uh, it looked the 22,100 or 200 mark looked so much fuller than normal, it's because this was the weekend of their big tournament. And they, so the, the 22, whatever, was a sellout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was using air, well, air quotes there. Don't be radio. Bob Mackin. <laughs> but um, tw- so 21,000, 22,000 tickets sold. Um, but then they also had all the. They had all the youth, the youth kids, yeah. whatever, from this tournament or whatever there. The cool thing about it, I don't know if you guys could see or were watching much from the press box, but they were like opposite end of the pitch from where yeah, I was. Yeah, they had flags. Yeah, yeah, they were going full 90 with oh, flags. Yeah. And, I mean, and then when they thought they'd score. Well, then when they, they thought they'd score, even more yeah. of the flags came up. And it was like. We had uh, some entertaining guys in front of us that were shouting abuse the whole second half at Rolf Felcher because oh. of his man bun. Oh, and yeah. then after he got booked and... Oh, it, it when was, he fell over or he missed the ball a little is, bit. Is he Frida but, Felcher's son? I don't know. I would personally have gone down that. The, the felching, the, abusing the fun, thing, the fun, but I mean, they didn't go down that. The way. funny thing is, is he was going up against Marcel Diong, who yeah. had a man bun, but, but that was completely <laughs> yeah. ignored. And Breck Shea, but that, way, that yeah, man bun right. was ignored, but Rolf got it. Our man yeah. buns are okay. Yeah. But anyway, that was some of our thoughts on the game. We're going to hear now from both head coaches. Just a little bit from Robo, because you'll find his whole thing on the Whitecaps website. But I, I got a chance to, to chat to Ziggy Schmidt after the game, so we'll, we'll bring you some of that just now. So let's hear now from the gaffers. So Ziggy, coming to a tough place like this with a depleted team and getting a point, do you feel really happy or do you feel you should even have won the game? No, we're happy. You know, I thought uh, I thought we did a good job. You know, obviously, you know, we we were on our heels a little bit at certain times and they were sending in a lot of crosses because their game is based on flick-ons and crosses and things like that. But I thought we dealt with it well. Uh, I thought we had the best chance of the game and Ema's chance, you know, that we could have walked out of here uh, winners but uh, you know a tie is probably you know well deserved and and we're happy with that when you've got a young team like that out in the pitch someone like Thomas as well going out into an environment like this does it bode well for the future of the team yeah no 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 definitely you know we came out we played three in the back tonight because uh, we felt we needed that extra defender in there and that extra ability to and to head the ball and deal with those things you know for uh, for Thomas Elliott Arce was a great debut game for him uh, you know, and so when you look at our team and the age of our team, I think the oldest player on the field, uh, you know, when we started was Servando Carrasco, and and the, and the rest of the team was pretty young. So you know, we're much uh, uh, we're uh, a much more hardened team than we were last year. Last year we would have come in here and we wouldn't have gotten a result, you know. And so we went we went for a win. We went for a game plan that we thought could give us a win, uh, and we said if we don't get the win, we'll walk away with the top. 
and then usually two goalkeepers on the bench. You don't see that very often. Was that just to have another body on there? No, we just, you know, we only had we only had so many players, so we took every player who was available, you know, so we brought them all. So we figured it'd be nice for him to be able to make the trip and, and be part of the group. When you've got a guy like Ola Kamara, goes away, scores a hat-trick for Norway, you've just signed a big striker. How do you fit all those exciting pieces into the team? <laughs> well, we're going to have to try and figure that out. So... Uh, you know, I didn't want to think about that uh, a whole lot. You know, I wanted to make sure we had this game plan right. And, uh, you know, I'll probably throw some lineups or different formations on the board and see what, what I think works and what makes sense. But Ola is an important player to our team uh, because of his ability to score goals and because of his ability to stretch the defense. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, in time, Slatan's played very well with that kind of a player like Cavani or, or someone like that. So, you know, I'm sure we can, uh, we can establish a, uh, a connection and a combination there. Carl, what do you with A point. Um, yeah, we weren't good enough to break a team down that put seven, eight men beyond the ball. It happens sometimes, the system that they played, the players in certain positions. When we got our key chances, we, we didn't take them. So, unfortunately, when you don't take a chance, you don't win games. Do you, did you think the team played well enough to win? I, don't, I firmly believe we had enough chances or enough ball in the final third. I don't think our quality was nowhere near good enough. I think the wide players, we know they can be electric at times. I think they hit the first man too many times because they played three big centre-backs. We weren't getting across players, which you need to get across players to score. Um, so we weren't good enough in the final third, no, without a doubt. But, you know, you just got to be very careful when you play a team that just sits in and tries to get you on the counter-attack, which we, we do when we go away from home sometimes. And the one chance they had, it could have bitten us on the bum, but it didn't, thank God. The team's disappointed in there because it's a home game. We wanted to win a home game. We think we probably did enough to win the home game, but we weren't good enough. So you have to sometimes accept that. But there's lots of positives there. The back four were really good. Steph looked really solid. Didn't look in danger at all. So, you know, if you can't score at one end, make sure you don't concede. And a lot of positives with that. The gaffers there, Ziggy Schmidt and Carl Robinson. Now, Robbo, it's his fifth season leading the Whitecaps in the MLS. We kind of talked a little bit about it at the end of last season, but I mean, do you feel he's improved enough? Fans are still calling for his head because they don't like the kind of football he plays. Do you feel he he's learned enough as a, as a coach in those four years to be able to adapt to, for games like this? I think the... The most concerning thing we heard there, and we've heard it other times, is not Bravo's words. It's the opponent opponent's coach's words. So when you hear what Ziggy said there about, we know how the Whitecaps play. It's yeah. a game based on flick-ons and whatever. He's basically saying they play very direct football. And so we know how to handle that. So that I, I think that's a bigger – like that. that's a concern, right? Like it's not just fans or whatever who, you know, it's not it's – not, it's not only a certain group of people who feel that feel that the Whitecaps are too direct. It's like the other coaches in the league are like, and other people people yeah. around the league. When you listen, when you listen to other people talk about Vancouver, well, we had the all league. that success last year, yeah. though. So right. I mean, but 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 my biggest issue is like uh, we're talking about like the, I think he was talking about the poor crosses or, or crosses weren't good enough. 
My biggest issue is there's not enough people in the box. Well, I mean, how many times did we say yesterday, oh, there's another ball to Teixeira? Or, or, the, the crossing at the box to the or small Or the cross guy. goals. The cross I don't think it was in, they were always intended for him. No. They were but then, and, and then there's a few times Steve said to me, where's Kamara? And you're looking and he's not in the box. And, which and, is and the, he's and here he, solely for that. Well, that's if, because he was getting the lumps kicked out of him. Oh, well, yeah. If he, and if he is in the box in the middle and say the cross doesn't get to him, the far post. There's nobody at the far post. No. That ha- and there was a couple of times the ball broke out maybe 10 yards out. And there was just no one there yeah. to, to, to pounce C- on it. Question for you guys. I, I've seen a lot of people um, speak negatively about uh, the Bugs game yesterday, Kristen Tachera. The, 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 in, in the stadium, as I watched uh, watch them play, especially in the f- first half as they were attacking the, the West Curva, the, the, uh, he one-on-one, he was burning defenders left, right, and center. Now, his service was not always great. Or the the runs weren't always there to support to give him more options, but like, how did you feel about how he played? Because I saw a bunch of people ragging on him. I I didn't think he had a good game. Okay, I've got to say okay, why, like, why not? Tell me why not. He just uh, his crosses weren't great. Uh, just like delivery in general was was pretty poor yesterday, and he seems to just fall out of games a little bit too much. Okay, yeah, I, I, he needs to be better. Yeah, okay. I I feel like sometimes if he's not on, he's just completely off, and he just kind of, kind of seems to wander the pitch. He doesn't really attack or anything like that. And and his like you said, the delivery on set pieces was not great yesterday at all. Yeah, okay. And he seems to take all of them too. You liked him to change it up that one where he kind of went directly over the wall into the net. He needs to start and, and hitting the I goals thought, with his feet. I, I thought, and you you were saying Felipe was in better position because if he curled yeah, it around the Felipe wall, was in I, the perfect position I, I thought, for that. I thought Felipe kick. was taking yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But, so okay. So his service was not not to, not up to stuff. No, but his but one no, his one on one, his one on one in the final third was I thought really good. Maybe I'm wrong. I, yeah, I just, yeah. He I had just, he had moments, especially yeah. the curling shot. Yeah. I just wonder well what his long term future is at this rate because he's clearly not favoured for away games because he doesn't maybe put in the defensive shift, and if he's then not standing out, he has to stand on his head to uh, in the home games to to kind of make it that he's going to have a place in this team. But overall. Delivery was poor the whole game, and it did feel it's because more of the the midfield guys that we had were that they're not the creative guys, they're not the crossers, they're the guys that do the hard work in the middle. And the success we were going to have yesterday was out in the two wings. But anyway, we'll talk a little bit more about this game in part two, and we'll be back with that after this. Hi guys, this is Felipe. Thanks for listening, AFTN. That just seemed a, a very apt song to play coming back into to part two, I felt. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. So we're just going to wrap up a little bit of the, the LA game in this part and then we'll, we'll move on to a different little bit. I want to talk about some of the individual performances and we, we talked about some like Rain to Share in part one. Alfonso Davies. Some great play again from the youngster. Some electric runs forward couple of runs which 
folk may not have noticed when there was some quick breakaways he got from their back when they had been moved to kind of defending roll forward very very quickly but he tries to do too much it was like watching Manny at times out there running getting past guys and then as soon as you get to the the first guy in the edge of the box not getting past him losing the the ball like he's electric we know but he has to pass he has to shoot he has to do something he can't just keep running at these guys it's just it's really frustrating what he needs to do is he needs to play fast but he needs to slow the game down for him mentally where he can actually see where he needs to go at the at that time like people you can play fast and your mind's going fast at the same time you need to slow it I down mean, mentally he's young he's well, obviously late so like yeah. the flash in the justice league exactly i just watched that today yeah. with my family good yeah. job ah. good call so yeah, that's what he needs to do because you need to think the game slowly so you know what's going on, but then you need to still move fast. And that 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 he's got no problem. Yeah. At all. There was one point where somebody, I think it was Jay Duke, was criticizing uh, Reyna on on a pass he made to Kamara, and he goes, "He should have seen why was why didn't he see Davies there?" I go, well, "It wasn't really his fault because Davies came from the back and just flew up the field, and and by the time yeah. he made the pass." He was where he where he where everybody thought he was. Gonna Jay Duke be. does have an eye for a pass, though. Oh no, he yeah. does. Let, let's look at the midfield or the other midfielders aside from, from Fonzie. Juarez, Felipe, even Jordan Much, let's kind of include him in this discussion. Juarez, I thought he would be more of a defensive midfielder for us, but they've got him pushing forward and Felipe sitting a little bit further back. That just seems backwards. odd. Ba- yeah. yeah, it seems backwards. Yeah. Because he's uh, well, he's a defender because he was a right, he's a right back. He played for a right back quite a bit, so you expect him to um, be in that defensive role instead of Martins, who we thought was going to be more of an attacking box to box guy who could play at ten sometimes. He told you he's a number ten, right, Michael? Yeah, he he's, yeah. well, he he said he loves to be a uh, an attacking midfielder. So Warriors did get forward a bunch yesterday. In fact, so much so that for parts of the game, <laughs> Slamo was at the game with us yesterday. <laughs> he was referring. <laughs> He was referring to uh, Juarez as <laughs> good lava. <laughs> and then when he would make a snake, he was like, no, that's bad, bad lava. lava. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> hmm. I like that. We should know, get that to catch on. I mean, was, like, it was interesting. Jordan Much, when, when I spoke to him, he said he's a box-to-box guy. I love Matias Lava for the record. They actually have a similar running style too, Juarez and Lava. No one no, no one no. runs like Matias Lava. No, no, no. I'm no. saying similar, not exactly the same. Okay. What about Felipe? What did you what did you think of his performance yesterday? Yeah, I agree. Like you 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 expect more of him going forward than than you do Juarez, and yeah, he it wasn't really there, uh, and so that that is maybe a fair place for people to express criticism over the tactical kind of approach, um, because yeah, he I think he has more tools offensively than than Juarez does. Yeah, but Felipe had some decent stats. Um, I think he had the best passing out of everybody, but what again, that could be the Mar- June Marcus Davidson situation where he's just passing it back to the central back. I was just trying like, to find the tweet about that, and I can't remember who tweeted it. it he, was, I think it might have been the Whitecaps or... Uh, I thought it was Farhan, but it's Farhan. not Farhan's Well, doesn't Felipe like, average like five assists a year or something crazy? So, yeah, that's what yeah. they were saying coming yeah. in. So, yeah... It, it, he, so that's why it was confusing to me to see why he was playing at the back so much. You think you want somebody to finish in the final third. Considering you didn't have too much. I don't know. Maybe they put him there because uh, Legette was the striker. And maybe they thought he was a kind of a more shifty kind of guy. So they wanted somebody to play maybe. shifty with him or something. Right. Here's Martin's stats. 95 touches. 62 successful passes. 
18 passes into the final third, four interceptions and two chances created. I mean, that's all bollocks. That means nothing really, does it? <laughs> God, they get stats for everything. I'm reading these out going, yeah, I thought he had an okay game. Basically, it's, I don't know. Was it, what was, you forgot to fail to read his expected goals number? Do you have that? No. Oh, okay. hmm. Or key passes. <laughs> Oh, As I like to go on about in the yeah in the preview podcast. Yeah, he had one last week, apparently. Yeah. Turn to the defence. We'll look at the centre backs in part three. But what's your thoughts on Nerwinski? He was getting a I just want to talk about the centre backs. <laughs> we'll get to that in part three. <laughs> Nerwinski. I feel he's struggling a bit when he goes up against fast guys. There's a couple of times yesterday that I mean, I know Boateng can make a lot of good guys look foolish with that speed, but th- there was a, a few comments after the game yesterday just folk not liking what, what Nerwinski's got back there. Uh, yeah, um, I, I I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I think he – I don't know if he struggles with fast guys more than he struggles with guys who are shifty, uh, more shifty. You like shifty today. Yeah, I like shifty, swifty. Um, but but I, I think that's the, that's the issue because um, – he can handle if somebody's in a you know one on one race down the pitch, but when, if that guy can do something with the ball, that's when he gets it gets a little difficult. Like remember Piatti, um, uh, what what happened there? And so a couple, I think last year or something like that. And so those kind of players, I think, are, uh, give him pro- problems. Well, uh, yeah, I think Boateng's pace, yeah, gave gave him a problem, which I think partly was because he was so focused on getting forward, right? Um, he was so focused on overlapping and and being another outlet for crosses into the box with one person <laughs> in the in the box. Um, no, I, I I'm not too worried about Jake. Yeah, I know there are some people who are worried about him. I'm not I'm not overly worried, and I guess partly the reason I'm not overly worried is because there's like Franklin will spell him this year. So uh, like yeah, so, except he looks like he could have an injury just now. Right. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what. What is. did you do to him? Well, I didn't see any injury at training. I know Robbo said on TSN radio on Friday afternoon, I did nip out for a coffee at one point, so it could have happened then. Oh. It was a long training session on Friday. So you were out for a coffee when you got injured? Out for a coffee, yeah. Okay. I was going to see my favourite Irish girl in the coffee shop, but they were really busy, so I went to the one up the road. I like my Irish people. That's why we've got uh, Joe. Jo- I miss Joe tonight. Yeah. yeah. The constant changing of the lineup. A lot of folks criticise that and saying, "What? They're not gelling. There's no chemistry. Why is he not going for a settled lineup?" I think Robbo's made it pretty clear over the last four seasons that's not his style. Squad rotation. He has a squad for a reason. This early in the season, it'd be ridiculous to to be playing the same lineup over and over. But is it causing my, the team not my, to gel? My problem is, uh, it, it sometimes it seems like these guys don't even practice together. That's how Did off you? they are. I, know, I can assure you. I, I, I know you're there, <laughs> but uh, um, it seems like they're not practicing. It seems like they're, they're they don't know where the other player is supposed to be and stuff like that when they're moving the ball yeah. up and trying to break it down. I think that's the biggest issue. And there's some forgotten men as well, like Bernie Abini. Till got the elevator down after the game with him. I was like, oh yeah, Bernie Abini. <laughs> but I mean, do, do you feel the chemistry's just not there yet because there's so many changes? I mean, two away games coming up, you can be pretty sure. We're going to see There's a lot changes. of rotation as well. Yeah, there will be changes. No, with Columbus away, you yeah, you would expect more. You expect more changes. You expect Eric Hurtado to get on there and score a wonder goal. No. Well, well, like that's an interesting one. I thought he should have. I thought he'd earned a spot on the bench yesterday, and then not to get that. 
after scoring the week before. That's probably frustrating. Seems a little odd, yeah. I'm thinking maybe you see uh, on the wing Blondell and Davies, possibly. We need to see a bit more of Blondell. I mean, I, I'm all for easing the, the lad in gently, but we, we need him okay. to, to show what but, he's got. That's, that's, that's part Six of the, minutes is not going to do it. No, and that's part of the problem when you're not playing with two strikers. And yeah. that, I think that's one of people's Yesterday was the game for a yes, two-striker system. Totally. Especially when at halftime, you see, like, there's three at the back. They've got no other defenders. Yeah. Let's get two guys up yeah. there. So that that's, I think, perhaps one of the more fair criticisms of Robbo yeah. as a manager or his approach in yesterday's game. Who, who was your man of the match? Ooh, that's a Everyone all yeah, Who was your a... White Cats man of the match? <laughs> <laughs> um, Boating for missing the chance? <laughs> I, it's a tough one. I, it is they a gave tough it, one. Did they give it to Juarez? Who did they give it to? They gave it in the stadium. I think it might have been Juarez. I think in the stadium they gave it to Juarez. I, I think quite that's like Aha, but I know... I think that's based on the Twitter vote. Uh, that they... Right. Let's not give one this week then. Keep it vacant? Zach doesn't like a man of the match when we haven't no. won. Yeah. So, like, But... <laughs> We did get the our listeners to to rank where they thought the players were this week, so we'll see who I they really came up. I really was struggling to even do yeah, a list I together. didn't even do it myself, so there we go. So now, it's time, when Steve gets the music queued up, <laughs> to rank them, baby. <laughs> Ranking full stop. Full stop. Just for those ranking full stuff. For those at yeah, home, yeah, Michael's yeah, yeah. not dancing as much, and I wonder if it's because there's people actively in the studio. Well, there's two guys <laughs> and a glass thing watching me, so that does kind of put off my dancing a, a tad. I, I don't want to feel that I'm in one of these Amsterdam <laughs> dance booths and folk are going to shove wait, money down wait, my pants. Wait, what, what are they doing in Amsterdam? The red light district. Red light. Talking about. You know, you go in a booth and then drunk men shove money down your pants. You no. never done that? That's great fun. Really recommend it. I've not been to Amsterdam. I haven't either. Oh. Just in my dreams. Anyway, Steve, how did the ranking go? Okay, do you want to start at the bottom or the top? Bottom. I, bottom. Always a big fan of starting at the bottom. Okay, so um, I'm going to take the subs out because obviously, you know, the they were... The, they, they really didn't actually it was surprising we should have talked about that too how late the substitutions came in actually yeah how the game was I, I could not believe I mean, like Robbo likes a 60 minute sub again I, that was a game for a 60 minute sub that was a game two. for a 45 minute sub yeah you wanted one at half time and I was who, like he's not going to do want? that who did you want at half time Anybody, okay. <laughs> I, I especially. I, I wanted Blondell I, I, for Teixeira or yeah, yeah one of those two oh, no, sorry I wanted Shea for Teixeira Okay. I was I was a big advocate of bringing Shea on. I was even, even happy with getting Tybert in if it meant moving uh, Martins up I forward. I did not like Marcel de Jong coming off for Shea and then pushing Alfonso back. Well, I, I think the feeling back then, though, was they're not really going to be dangerous in the attack, so at least Alfonso can kind of move up and at a push, Norwinski can be in a back three. Yeah, I, still, I, I agree with, I, I I agree with Zach. I, I would have pushed Marcel forward more. I would have pushed the Davies into a number 10 role at that point. Yeah. I- interesting thing as well, just to completely... Sorry. We, we play the music. But no, I'm the one that brought it up, though. I know. Stephen Egan from Radio Cascadia was up at the game yesterday, and he said... Oh, that's nice for him. Yeah. Well, they After had a, a four-hour hour border four hour, wait. Oh, Six-hour yeah. so trip. I, I'm yeah. not quite sure that that was... Because everyone nice was going to get gas or something, right? No. Well, they, they've got half of Peace Arts closed, apparently. Oh, More than right. half. And there was massive lineup. He just came well, to see so. Ziggy. He just wanted to see Ziggy. No, they're going to come up for at least one of them's going to come up for every Whitecaps home game for the rest of the year. They don't just trust to you. Increase their cascading coverage. 
But anyway, Stephen pointed out they don't, yeah, they don't think they trust he's watched a lot of Scottish guys lying to us. <laughs> he's watched a lot of Seattle and Portland. And he said what he's what he sees with them is their DMs drop back behind the centre backs to pick the ball up and or in get the middle, the play at least going. split them. Yeah, or at least split the centre backs. Yeah, yeah. He says he never sees Vancouver doing that. They have in the past. I don't remember I yesterday. I can really remember the last I, time we did I, that. I felt like Laba, Laba, I, I felt Tiber did it quite a bit too. In the that the first that was one thing. That was one comment last night. I think it was I think it was Massimo after the game was like, I think this game missed some Russell Tiber. I think it did too. I can't, it might not have been Mass. Someone, someone was saying. Uh, and okay. th- there's, there's another one like talking about Hurtado. It's like, what's Tiber done wrong to get dropped yeah. out of the team yeah. after a good no, start of this, very this season? Um, so, uh, okay, so we were talking from the bottom. The bottom was uh, st- starter Jordi Reyna. Then, uh, surprisingly, the, well, I guess it was really like they, they really had nothing much to do. The two center backs were uh, second and third from the bottom. It was Aaron Wait, we, we never talked about the center backs. We're going to be talking about that later. Three. Right, probably three, sorry. I don't want to jump Part ahead. three is centre-back section. Right. So, uh, second and third. So, basically, they were second and third from the bottom. Uh, uh, hmm. uh, I think beca- only because they really had nothing much to do. Maybe they just didn't feel like they stood out that much. Um, but from the top, the top five, we have Alfonso Davies again. I think people were just, you know, he was the only one that really showed any attack or whatever going down the pitch. Even though he gave it away a couple times. Should we just stop this and just give him player of the year now? Seems like <laughs> it. Felipe Martins is number two. Number three is Efren Juarez. Number four, Kai Kamara. And number five, Christian Teixeira. So while I, uh, clearly they were getting, obviously, like Zach saying, some he, hate on social media, the people voting obviously he, had His one on one dribbling was good. Yeah. His service, I guess, was questionable the whole game, but. He's one on one. He 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 in front of us. Part of it was for me, I guess, is in front of us. He sat one of their defenders down. I can't remember which. I think it was the number four. I can't remember who it was. And did they give him a good talking to? No, don't you do no, that. No, the, the guy literally fell down as he was dancing in front of him, and he walked past him. Well, Armand fell down as well at one point in the second half, and then got a free kick given against him. That's them. Oh, maybe they just. Maybe oh no, they, they, that was not. A, yeah, maybe they watered the picture up. That was not a foul. That's Steve. Yeah. That's when you heard. That's when you heard me. Steve. Yeah. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah, that's right. I said something like, "If you 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 don't even know a good tackle when you see." Yeah, we heard you again berating folk through your megaphone. I don't even know if you had. A I megaphone. was not berating. I was just expressing a collective concern to uh, colorfully a one individual. But we're four games into the new season. We're joint top of the West. Lord Jordan Twitter. Lord Jordan Twitter just said that we have to stop being so negative. So here's some positive. We're joint top of the West. Woohoo! Champions, champions. No, no, no. You sing like a, you're from the, that from island. Scotland. I, yeah. I, I personally think it's that champion. I have champions. I, I think the first three games, although they lost that Atlanta game, but because of that red card, wasn't deserved. I think the first three games have been no problem. I have had no issues with yeah. those first three games. This game really disappointed me because of the fact that who they were playing, and that's why I'm a little bit more negative. And, and how they and everybody knows how positive I am normally, right? <laughs> So yeah. uh, ray of sunshine. I am. Question I asked on Twitter though was four games in, if we're looking at a white caps report card, who gets pass marks, who's in danger of getting detention? Four games. Who's in danger of getting expelled? I know you're too early with this. Wow. Usually you go to quarter session. I know, I just thought third. You know, I just thought third. after the first month. And then I forgot that next Saturday is actually technically still yeah. March. But I put it out by then, so I thought we'll just we'll just go with the, the first month, four games. Um, Who I, gets pass marks for you? I think most of them do, like because of the fact that they are joint top of the West. Um, really up high is obviously Davies. 
Um, and Kai Kamara has really set set himself in there. Yesterday, obviously, like you said, he was kicked around a little bit, so that's why. Um, but so was Davies. Yeah. Man. The tactical fouling was atrocious. Yeah, I, I have Perry a, Kitchen, an interesting article coming out this week about that. The Perry Kitchen foul on, on Davies, that was like a, a accidental, on-purpose tumble into him, yeah. like where he accidentally tripped over himself in order to knock over Th- That Davies. was clever play. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I, I don't really have an issue with too many of the players. That, um, what about Jordy? Yeah, that that would be one of them. Yeah, to me, he only because, get like I said, marks. but I, only because I don't know if the, he knows what he's doing out there because of the fact that the formation keeps changing and he's not he's playing wide, he's playing centrally, he's playing deep, he's playing like I think he's a little confused of what he's supposed to do on there. Zach, that's n- <laughs> not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I think a lot of people would say yeah, he's not getting a passing grade. I well, don't. Someone to expel him, I think for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, folk, folk turning him very quick. He was our best player. I'd say he was our best player in the second half of this season. He made a difference. Are you surprised? This? Are you surprised? By that? A bit, actually, yeah. Really? Yeah, because like a lot of players start a season slow, and he did have those off-season troubles, so you don't know how his fitness levels were, how his mind is. But remember, most people here don't care about what you've done in the past. It's what you're doing right now. I that's pers- what you that's what you guys kept on telling me last year. I personally think the uh, the one person that's the vocal <laughs> the vocal what you were going to say majority of vocal minority who, uh, who want is not giving a passing grade to do is Robo. The vocal yeah. people are definitely not uh, the, obviously the casual fan Maybe they're okay with what they're seeing so far, but definitely the vocal. The, you're hearing a lot you, of that. On do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember? It was right around when you got here. Was the end of it? Remember Lily Ball? Like that's the yes. That's the what everyone calls the, the, when, when you don't like a coach or his or his approach. Yes. You just uh, you say it's well, was Lil, was Lily 2008. Was he still there? No, Tater came in 2008. So he was 2007. He was 2004 or five. He was 2007, 2006, and 2005. Okay, I saw and, him in 2007. Then. Yeah. yeah. Was there ever a tater ball? Uh, I think in the early MLS era, yeah, people started saying that, I think. Oh, by the way, I, I didn't... Uh, I'm just yeah, talking of Icelandic folk. I, I, I put out a bonus question just for fun of it <laughs> on, on, the, on the survey. Oh, was this guys, about the picture you sent me? No, no. I, I put... I put uh, the question was, what happened? Like, basically, you know, and then the options I put down was, I miss Martin Rennie. I miss Tater. I miss uh, Tom Sowen, <laughs> and I miss t- Tony Waiters. And the majority voted for uh, Tony Waiters. Tony Waiters. Yeah, I'd say Tony 38 percent, and then Tater. thirty-two was Tater. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-five was Martin Rennie, and three uh, percent to Tommy Sowen. I Who did said not Tommy Sowen. I did one not person. know that one. we. <laughs> I did not know that we had so many people that were. Born during the Tony Waiters era. That's fantastic. No, even if you weren't born in his era. Six people skipped the question, him. by the way, because they, I don't think they saw it or they oh. didn't want to answer it. Anyway, we got a lot of tweets on these. I'll try and get through as many as we can. you got five I, minutes before five break. minutes. Okay, yeah, I just want to say, I think I think Tommy Sohn took your survey. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what he said. Yeah, I kind he started of muffled, laughing I kind before. Of muffled, muffled I, think, I think Tommy Sohn took your survey. He's the Oh, gotcha. gotcha <laughs> oh, person. okay. okay. Okay, um, um. Joel, <laughs> Joel Prosser uh, about Jordi Reyna. I'm okay if they ship him out at this point. Four games and he hasn't shown anything. Play a different formation with two strikers or get Shea Mosquita out there instead. They, they got out there like last weekend, didn't they? Oh, I guess Mosquita did. Dave Heinrichs. I want to give them all a four or five for being mediocre. 
I'll be back because I'm a season ticket holder, but if I was a casual and it wouldn't entice me back, felt like I'd wasted three hours going that could have been better spent with the family. Well, he's a... He's, I personally go to get away from the family, but... He's a fellow pastor, so I can... Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I understand Dave's, Dave's concerns. Trev, uh, underscore Trev Fresh, he wants constructive criticism more than just, I want a refund or robo out. And a bigger question, this one is more for Steve. What did you think of Ultimate Deletion? I was a big fan of it, but not as good as the other ones. Final Deletion, obviously the best. Uh, I love Total Nonstop Deletion because just because of the Triple H joke. And uh, um, what was that tag team? Apocalypto. I can't remember. Uh, but what, mm. one, one, one of them, whatever the one was, a tag team, uh, the Triple H joke, that was the best. That was just great for the joke itself. Depending on what happens with Bray Wyatt, I thought it was great, but if they repackage him, I won't be happy. I'm thinking brother, uh, uh, like Brother Nero, it would be Brother Bray or something like I that. I am hoping yeah. so, but who knows. How but he wasn't turn. in the lake. He, was, he disintegrated. And Zach's completely lost as to what we're talking about. I know. Yeah, I'm, you're used I'm, to folk getting put in lakes. I'm just, I'm just practicing patience. That's all. I'm, I'm glad Skarsgård showed up. Um, I'm also glad that they had that uh, the run around in the uh, kind of the Benny Hill kind of run around in the yeah. graveyard thing. That was pretty Benny Hill slash Scooby Doo. I was compared to. I do. Well, li- I do like your shirt today. It's very you. nice. Trev did like Vanguard One initiating the the boomstick protocol. Oh yeah, but the thing is, the that's what the problem was. The Total, uh, uh, five minutes is going fast. The fi- the fi- the final deletion. They were shooting fireworks at each other. This one was just kind of in the background, yeah. so that was a big difference. Okay, away from wrestling, back right. to football because no, we already probably lost our two listeners that we have at this time of night. Morbido says, "Sat Carl Robinson. He was outclassed last night." Trev gave some some marks to the players. Davies A plus. Reina D. Kamara A. De Jong B. Norwinsky C plus. Everyone else, incomplete. Huh. Dog the Bounty Hunter, that's generic Spencer, says Rayner might be at the very bottom of my list. The note on his report card so far would be, does not play well with others. Oh, that, that's, I think I think that's a fair criticism right now. Well, he, he played really well with Blondell pre-season. Pre-season. And then Steve and me were yeah. talking yesterday, we were like, let's get Blondell on for Kamara because he seems to be maybe struggling a little bit and see what, if that unlocks Rayner and then you take Rayner off. But anyway, um, Peter Santos uh, at Ambrosia80 says, I've had enough of Roboball. His tactics are awful. Trevor Torgerson, Storgers19, says, Reina has been invisible. Fail for me. Davies gets a pass. Narwinski and Tashira have been borderline at best. Kamara's a pass. I haven't passed judgment yet on Felipe and Juarez. And there's a, a few folk that they're still not sure about, about those two, really. So Juarez and who? And Felipe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gareth Wolf says, to be fair, it's hard to find new things to criticise when the exact same issues come up time and time again. <laughs> Dave Heinrichs, Davies and Kai are head of the class. Of course, Waston is up there too. No one's mentioned Waston because he didn't play yesterday. Oh. Or for well, Costa Rica have, in Glasgow. Well, uh, I haven't mentioned you, it because you, you said, said I'm not talking about it. Until yeah, okay, well, can I come here? Um, Reina deserves detention and is bordering on being expelled. I think just from the Whitecaps and not the country, but he, he didn't really specify there. Ryan McLeod, Davies is a big pass. Reina's a big fail. Everyone else is a mix of doing fine or being on academic probation. <laughs> Henry Amaral, he thinks the gaffers and the tactics chosen need to be evaluated. Enough with the long balls, please. Rick Halland, Halas777. 
Davies, Kamara and Waston get passes for sure. Reyna is flunking, but after last year, I'm willing to give him some slack. Saturday's game was a bore, but if we can get a 2-1-1 record out of every four games, he's good. Gareth Wolfe again. Pass, Kamara, Davies, Teixeira, Tybert, Marinovic, Waston, De Jong, Nerwinski. Failing, Reyna is the big one here. Not impressed with Mond or Aha as starting centre-backs either. And too soon to tell on Blondell, Juarez and Felipe. Uh, I'm going to go to Brendan Walters. Actually, before that, we'll go to Chris Harrop. Chris Harrop, GK. Oh, yeah, Chris. Don't think it's time to sound alarm bells just yet with all the off-field drama. Reyna was bound to get off to a slow start. The centre-backs have had very little time to gel, form a decent partnership, so it would be a little harsh to judge them so soon. Juarez has looked pretty good so far. Sprayed a couple of good passes yesterday. Blondell had little minutes, so it had to tell on him. He felt De Jong was one of the better performers yesterday. Looked pretty good going forward. As for grades for the players, I feel like we still don't know what some of the new guys do best. And that, that's a very good point. Steve, Twitter's allowed to talk about the centre-backs, but we aren't. No, I guess And not. we're judging them on their ability to perform in areas that might not be their area of strength. Kind of just going back to, to what we said at, at the start of the season, or at the start of the show. So just before we kick off part three, I did find uh, Brenton's tweet. So he says, the worry for him on Saturday night, other than the obvious, Reina, was Nerwinski. Hmm. Felipe, he feels, did very well. He'll be good if Robinson figures out a decent tactical approach to winning home games. Too often, Felipe and our back line had no simple options, just a long ball up the wing. How many passes did Felipe make to Juarez? I would guess very few. He didn't say why he was worried about Norinsky. But folk just get worried. Right. So we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi guys, I'm Aaron Mon. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. We're going to talk about centre-backs in this part. You'll be quite glad to hear that, I'm sure, Zach. All my centre-back thoughts have long gone. Oh, that's fine. Steve and me will just do this bit ourselves. Kendall Watson's back. He will be entering the field. Yeah, his red car has been rescinded. Did you see that coming? No. I did, in a way. I wasn't, you saw oh, it coming? No, no, no. I wasn't overly confident. I was just He's interested. He's got crystal balls. I was just interested that when Robbo mentioned that he was going to talk to Howard Webb, Mm. And then all of a sudden they do the uh, appeal after talking to Howard Webb. It kind of seems like he got a, a inkling that maybe he should appeal this one. That Howard Webb was in agreement. Uh, that, that's just speculation on my point. But it was interesting that he talked to him first. He mentioned he's going to talk to him, and then this happens where they appeal this this time because they the, normally teams don't appeal unless it's completely like they're sure they're going to win. Yeah, and it was backed by the Players Association as well. And I mean, it was it's fantastic. It doesn't change the result of the game. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you lost three points. Robbo made a, a nice little joke in the, the press. I don't know if anyone saw it on the on the video. Yeah, you get he, to replay the game. Yeah, yeah, he was asked about it. It's like, well, we get to replay the game. <laughs> and then there was kind of silence in the room because obviously a lot of the folk there aren't soccer people and they're like, 
oh, do they? Is that how it works? Ah, <laughs> uh, that, that was the humour of of the UK failing again on a on a Canadian audience. But I I I chortled at that. I wasn't there for it because I was chatting to Ziggy. But when I listened to it back, I found that really. Funny. I found it funny right away. Yeah. I knew he was joking. It's like, but there were you're right. There were some people in the back that had no idea if that yeah, was the case. Like, oh, oh, that's good to get to play that game again. <laughs> I mean, we we mentioned last week would it have made much difference? We'll never know. But he's he's classing it as one one win from one away game. Really? Oh, yeah. Always looking the bright side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but next week in Columbus, Kendall is free to, to play. He's a free man. Who partners him? We've had Mond and Aha, and I said last week I felt they were playing to be the guy that that would partner partner Kendall. But then this week as well, Daniel Henry is back in training. As was was he back Ali in the eighteen? Was he back in the eighteen? No, Ali Gazelle oh, yeah. was. He, he was just warming up with the eight, the, the starters. Or Ali Gazelle, rather, not Ali Gazelle. But we've got all these options now to to partner Kendall. We could even go to three at the back again. It always works so well. Who do, who do you think is going to partner him next week though in Columbus? I think it's going to be Aaron Mond. I think that wasn't the answer I was hoping for. No, I think it's going to be Aaron Mond because one, they've played a number of games together and have done respectably well. And number two, I, I I I don't know if playing two. I, I think playing two larger guys who could get caught out for pace, I think, is a concern. I think Kendall, I think Kendall over where he has time to open up uh, those, get those large legs going, is probably much quicker than Aha. But uh, in the in the short, in the quick little moments of a game in and around the box, I. In the final third, I would I would I would go with Aaron Mon for now. I don't think it has that slow though. I no, don't, I, don't I don't think know, he is. I don't get it. I don't understand the pace. Yeah, he got caught by Boateng. Boateng's really fast. You, you you're going to get caught by fast players, but I don't think he's like uh, they, who they're going to play Zardes next week or something. He's he's athletic, but he's, I don't he has think a he's, great first touch. Yeah, he also <laughs> he scored quite a few goals this yeah, year. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't be laughing too him. much he, about he, that. Three goals in the first three games. Karma Zach, just, you he, laugh at him. He's going to score out against you. He just didn't know you were such a juicy fan. No, the, the, no, I'm not. I'm just, the, I'm just I don't, don't want him to. The be Americans that. make fun of him for his first touch. Yeah. So what's all this Aha stuff there? I seem to have missed it. I thought Aha's done well. I, I, thought, I, he played, I thought he played fine. I too. would have put Aha in beside Kendall next week. I, he two, sits next to me, so he, can, yeah. he might be influencing. Two, me. two, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I long term maybe. I right now I don't think so. Oh well. But maybe they'll just put out two towering dudes there. Yeah, or three. Do we see a three at the back? No, I don't no. think so. No, okay. Then. <laughs> I, but I, the reason why I like Aha is because he can, he's somewhat comfortable on the ball. Um, Speaks and, Spanish. And he, can, and he can hook up with that, uh, that deep-lying play, playmaker, whoever that is, next week. And they might be able to get some chemistry and move the ball up through the middle. I, I, I was just hoping that you would both go for Aha. Because we have a surprise. He's here in the studio tonight. <laughs> Come in, Jose. Now, I, I got a chance to, to speak to Jose... At training on Friday, had a great chat. One of my favorite interviews I've, I've done this oh year. Oh so. my goodness! <laughs> How many is that, Steve? Three, four. Six. I haven't said that for a couple of weeks. I thought I'd throw <laughs> that in, but no, like super nice guy who apologized before, during, and after the interview for his English, and it was fantastic. Some would say better than mine. But let's hear now <laughs> from the Whitecaps Uruguayan centre back, Jose. Aha. So, 
So, Jose, you've had a couple of weeks now to settle in Vancouver. H- how do you, how are you feeling with the, the team right now, especially having made your, your debut for the team last week? Yeah, uh, I'm very happy here. I uh, showed the team uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we have here uh, great teammates, uh, good staff, and the atmosphere here in the team is, is absolutely perfect, and I'm so excited that... Now... The whole trade coming here from Orlando, did it come as a complete surprise to you? Did you think Orlando were keen to let you go? No, uh, my first sen- sensation was like a surprise because uh, the coach there in Orlando, he, he told me that uh, I was very important in the team, I will play, but um, after a training he he talked to me and not me about the the trade and, and well I I'm then I, I received the call of Carl and really happy to to be here because he said that he trusted me and, and I will be important here in the team so very happy to to be here in, in the White Cups. Now Robo mentioned that when he was down in Uruguay before like he signed Christian Teixeira but he was he was down looking at you. did you know that he was down there at that time looking at you? No, no, I, I, I didn't know that. Uh, when I arrived here, he told me that, that he was looking me in Uruguay a couple of years ago when I played in, in Nacional, Montevideo. He, um, he said that he's very happy to, to have me here. Um, so I'm really happy to, to be here in the team. When you know that you've got a coach that's kind of sought after you and has wanted you before, it must make you feel good as a player knowing that you're actually wanted here. Yeah, that is, is very important. For, for a player, it's the most important thing is that how the, the coach trusts in you and I give the, the confidence to play. So that's the best thing to me. So that's the, the reason that I'm so happy here. Now, last week in Atlanta... It was three in the back, at least initially, and then it obviously went to four. How much experience have you had playing three at the back? Do you, I mean, you're a ball-playing centre-back. Do you enjoy playing in that formation? Yeah, yeah, I, I used to play in Uruguay. I play uh, some some games in in a three lines of defender uh, or a back four. Or it's, it doesn't matter for me. It's, it's the same because uh, last game in Atlanta, we... We, we prepared the game to play with a back three, but with the red card to to Kendall, we, we had to move to a back four. And so it depends the game and depends the the, the other team that we prepare the, our defence in a back three or in a back four, but that's a matter for me. It's, it's, it's the same. Now, playing alongside Kendall, because you both speak Spanish, does, does that help out there? Does it kind of give you a bit of an advantage because you can say stuff that maybe other folk don't know what you're saying? Yeah, you know that I, I'm, here, I'm here learning and taking lessons of English but how here in, beside Kendall that speaks Spanish is, is better for me that, that he speaks the, speak the same language as me so I, I need to, to improve my, my English to, to talk to the other teammates, but to have Kendall beside me is really important to, to speak the same language. 
your English is excellent, by the way. I don't know that you need to improve it too much. Now, I mean, obviously, you, you were used to Orlando and the heat. And you're, you're coming here, it's rained a lot. It does get nice. It gets warm in the summer here. But what, what have you made of Vancouver so far? Have you had much of a chance to explore this city? Yeah, yeah. I am really, I'm really surprised this city because i never been here. And it's my first time and my wife loves here and, and me too because the city is, is really nice. You have beautiful... Uh, the atmosphere here is now it's cold, it's true, but uh, in Orlando it, it's too hot. Yeah, and cold here it's the same weather and it's getting boring there because always the same same te- temperature. Um, here um, we, you have the, the beach, you have the mountain, you have a lot of things to do and, and have a, a small city that, that, that is, is really good for, for me to, to visit. Uh, the, the big things that have the city and so my me and my wife are really happy here we we find a apartment we move next week to our new home so really really excited to be here playing football in uruguay and playing football in mls what, what are the biggest differences that you've noticed between the two leagues uh, i think that here you have more space to play because in uruguay it's a lot of how to say uh, you have a lot of defense there. The, the, the football there is, is too aggressive, so you don't have uh, too much space to play. So I think here you, you create more space, you can, you can play better, you can, you can move with confidence. So I really, really enjoy this, this league. Um, it's, it's a league that is coming, improving year by year. So really happy to play in the MLS. Okay, thank you so much for your time today, Jose, and good luck this season. Aha there, in more ways than one. Jose and, of course, the band. I've liked what he's brought. I think he's going to be good. Daniel Henry, though... Is back in training, but is he fully fit? <laughs> no, I'm not. How, how long will he I'm not, stay? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about injury wise. I'm talking about he's fully match fit. Well, no, fit. Obviously, he, he, he won't be. He'll be a. He'll be a step off that. But I mean, and you don't want to rush him either because that hamstring can blow up again if yeah. it, if if, it, if he gets rushed in. Wait, we touched on this last week, but do you see him now being the guy that will will be Kendall's partner going forward? No, or actually, you know. Henry, like maybe they're thinking long term with him. Like if he's because he's uh, not obviously as good as Kendall Waston, but he's kind of like a similar type of center back that Kendall Waston is. Maybe he's here so they get him ready. So when the World Cup happens, they have that guy that's yeah. good in the yeah, air and I think that's uh, the totally physical presence. So I don't know if he's he's going to partner with him right away. I think they want Aha in the lineup as much as possible. I think based on who's under contract, I think the ideal pairing is Waston and Henry. Oh, you think? Yes. Mm. Because you have the big and you have the smaller, who's he's still good in the air, but he's quicker than I would yeah. say other center backs. Athletic, well, he's definitely athletic. Yeah, yeah, very athletic. Let's see what happens with that, and we'll wrap this section up with something else from our center backs. We, we mentioned Aaron Mond. We've had Aaron Mond on the show before, but one very, thing we don't know about Aaron Mond: does he fancy a chocolate digestive? Yes, 
So if you're sitting at home at night and you decide to have a hot beverage, or not even at night, just in general, if you decide to have a hot beverage, do you go for tea, coffee, or something else? Um, at night, it's going to be like a chamomile tea. Uh, like, a little, <laughs> little sophistication for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, or a hot apple cider, just like when it's cold out. Hot apple cider works for me too. And do you like biscuits or cookies? I guess you guys <laughs> yeah, have a little bit of a sweet too. I try to limit it, but uh, I do like a nice sugar cookie or a snickerdoodle. Oh, cool. And yeah. are you a dunker? No, I'm not a dunker, but uh, a bite then sip type of guy. Okay. <laughs> Anyone fancy a chocolate I just Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. baby that's what we're going to be doing in the show you're listening to the AFT and soccer show on CITR radio anyway now it's time for MLS West we can review because we don't like the East yeah or no, no point looking at it <laughs> too many games actually <laughs> some, some Eastern teams will get covered oh yeah yeah for sure not only one this week but only three games featuring Western teams apart from our own game but three other games featuring Western teams this week two of them are draws so that's good for the Caps and that that was two all Western clashes as well. Portland got a point, right? Yeah, Dallas won, Portland won. That's where they got a point. Mm, I'm happy with, with that though, Actually, because yeah. but no Liam Ridgewell in the, in the yeah Liam Ridgewell the the man that likes to wipe his ass with money dropped from the 18 by Savarese. He has made some pretty poor mistakes in the first couple of games. It was not really mistakes, it was just lack of running. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, his, his yeah. little stroll back. Yeah. Savarese, Savarese said it was basically he just wanted to try and freshen things up and they did well without him, so you have to start wondering what the future of their captain is now. But first point of the season for the Timbers, moved them off the bottom of the standings, sending the Sounders right back down there, so that that's okay. Lama for Dallas. It's good to see a Lama. I mean, Las Vegas Lights had that picture with a Lama before. But he got a goal just before half time. Blanco got one just, just after for Portland. Then Olam was sent off for kind of going for a header for a goal with his hand. Second booking. Off he went. Really wasn't a great game. I, like, what was he thinking he was doing to do? He just I, put his I, hand I right know. up and it was just a. It, uh, like in the, I can, usually for handballs, straight red cards is in the, your defensive zone because yeah. you're trying to stop a goal from happening. Because when I saw it was a red, I was like, oh, he must have. And then I saw, oh, what it's he in did. the box. Was yeah. that a penalty? And it's like, oh, it's his own box. It was a really bad game. And you know it's a bad game when the MLS highlights, because they get split up down the side, there was only, I think, five or six of them. And one of them was a good pass. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, who I never checked the Vancouver LA highlights, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming those yeah. aren't that great either. Um, and then you got the Red Bulls, uh, the one Eastern team. Yeah, we'll Minnesota. Talk about. After a couple of wins, derailed. They were hosting Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, one of the most disappointing results of the weekend. The 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 thing is, you're talking about the highlights here. You know, Minnesota's had a bad game. Their first highlight came in the 80th minute. Yeah. Otherwise, it was all Red Bulls. And Very comfortable win. Could have been New a York. four or five nothing win. Easily. Dead Bull devours the loons. It was a great game though by Bradley Wright Phillips and Jesse Marsh afterwards oh, said yeah. that Wright Phillips is the most underrated player in MLS ever. Yeah. Ever. I think he's was rated. he basically calling him to rated. be in the England World Cup squad? Yeah. Or wasn't there just such? Well, Mike Martinego was wanting him. Right. That's yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Tim Parker got an assist on BWP's first goal. Making wow. his mark already. Where do you go, Timmy? Mm. And uh, the other game, 2-0 draw, Colorado, SKC. Colorado, fast start, two goals in the first eight minutes. And their new guy that made the debut, Joe Mason. Yeah, he's Onion on loan. got one. He's on loan from uh, Wolverhampton, He's uh English striker. All right, skip. Wait, are you saying that Tim Howard couldn't help them hold the lead? Hold, hold no, on. actually, no. no. You know what? I saw the highlights. Tim Howard actually saved them from getting, like losing all, all any points. And he yeah. didn't assault anyone? It should have. It honestly should have. He didn't did knock did, any of his own players he, unconscious. He did not cross the line. Um, <laughs> he... He um he uh, it could the it sh- ball did twice. Though. It should have been four like four goals in addition to the two they scored. Oh, so he did save. A he point. made yeah, some he big saves. Yeah. So Felipe uh, Gutierrez pulled one back in the fifty seventh minute. Fourth goal in fourth games. Mm. And ninety first minute, SKC stop Whitecaps having sole leadership of the West. Diego Rubio, two two. Yeah, I think he just came on the pitch. Like, we always talk about those last-minute subs. Why are you subbing somebody in the 90th minute? Who cares? He oh, yeah, made like a, Pedro yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he made a big difference there. That and, was the yeah. break up the – that was the stop the, the corner kick from being taken. Yeah, that but was, I, I didn't understand it because it's – You never sub on a defensive. Yeah, yes. It's no, no. You bring on a defender while you're defending a corner, and then the referee added on an extra 30 seconds for a second corner then yeah, to get yeah. taken. He must have known that we weren't going to score. Because he's done his homework. <laughs> but, yeah, not a lot of games because it was the, the international break. Robbo was asked what he felt about having to play in the international break and he said, do you want my honest answer? And it's like, yeah, obviously. Every, we, everybody we, said yes. Yeah, why, why would we not? But, yeah, wait, wait, not did, a fan. Did Mr. Whitecap say, no, no, don't. No, don't, don't. don't. <laughs> we can't handle any more fines. <laughs> did, did he get fined for last week? I don't think so. No, no. I don't think so. He didn't get fined. No. Because they overturned the- no, but actually going back to the talking of fines, Waston did get fined for not leaving the pitch quick enough oh, after getting sent goodness. off. But and it was an illegitimate sending yeah, off. Yeah, and the Whitecaps have made an official complaint about Atlanta showing the replay on the big screen. So there's a chance Atlanta will get fined for that. Or they should automatically. points. Give the points to us. Replay the game. Mm. But I want to talk about something else in this section. MLS Derby games. Next Saturday, it feels like it's the beginning of a new era in the City of Angels. LA Galaxy finally have a proper derby. I know you won't care It's that. just a flashback. It's not a new derby. They're playing the new version of the GOATs. They're not the new GOATs. They are the GOATs. They will always be the GOATs. Mm, maybe. <laughs> are the GOATs fans supporting them? Yes. Oh, well. The Union Ultras aren't supporting them. Yes. Okay, then it's the GOATs. <laughs> So, the Derby is back then. <laughs> There's a big LA Derby next weekend. I, I love Derby games, but I particularly love 
Derby games, no, Inter City. A proper yeah. Derby? Yeah. No, no, the Get thing, the Inter City firm going, mate. Because Galaxy had the, uh, what's the California Classical with uh, San Jose? Is it the California Classical yeah. or something yeah. like that? And now what's this going to be, the Angelino Classical or something like that? It's just... Halo. Yeah. The Halo Derby. Oh, man. They can't move on the highway more than a couple of inches in an hour derby. Oh, they're... Um, Ten miles apart. Is it apart. this one? This one? I th- yeah, I think some MLS people are trying to call it El Trafico. El Tra- oh. oh, I like that. I do actually like that. So uh, y- you've got you've got all these rivalries in the league, but if we're looking at proper derbies, where does this rank for you in amongst the other derbies? Well, aside from the fact that they never played a game. Yeah, t- let's take the Whitecaps out of it. What is your top three MLS derbies? Well, the top four is is easy. It's I asked for three, but okay, let's go, four, let's the, go four. The top four for me would be easy: Dead Bull versus N- NYC. No, this is not in, in order. Oh, okay. Dead Bull, Dead Bull, the the quote unquote New York New Jersey derby. Okay. This LA one, Seattle Portland, Toronto Montreal. Yeah, the four, I can't disagree with the four one derby. The where the four one doesn't the four, actually reach yeah. Montreal. It's not the four one derby. That's called. That's what they they're, they're calling that El, uh, La Classique now. I think or something. <laughs> oh. like that. No, I'd, I'd agree. For me, that is the, the the four main derbies in MLS. Seattle-Portland, for me, is always going to be special because we're kind of part of that, in a way. <laughs> Obviously not of that particular game. LA-Montreal, I do like the Canadian Actually, rivalry. We are a part of those games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. The New York one is has gotten really... Uh, if just people show up to the Red Bull games especially, it would really get really high. Yeah, I'd like something big to happen in this game on Saturday to really stoke the rivalry, like a, a couple of fights on the pitch. <sighs> I'm not going to say some fights in the stand, but if we got that as well, it'd be kind of nice. And Ebro's making his debut. Oh, is but he? is he? Oh, is he not? Well, let's find out. Because Did the, did the lion eat him? <laughs> <laughs> I, got some, I got some audio um, after the game from Ziggy Schmidt about the LA Derby and also from Thomas Hilliard Arce. All right. Uh, so let's play that for you now. LA! LA! Los Angeles! LA! It's a situation, obviously, we hope to get some guys back next week in terms of the injuries. Uh, you know, we also we also get Slaton in uh, exactly when he's coming. We're not 100% sure, and we got to see where he's at fitness-wise. But uh, uh, you know, you know, things are looking up for next week, and you know, guys guys acquitted themselves very well today, and you know, have said, hey, I'm ready if you need me. When you've got a guy like Ola Kamara goes away, scores a hat trick for Norway, you've just signed a big striker. How do you fit all those exciting pieces into the team? <laughs> well, we're gonna have to try and figure that out. So. Uh, you know, I didn't want to think about that uh, a whole lot. You know, I wanted to make sure we had this game plan right. And, uh, you know, I'll probably throw some lineups or different formations on the board and see what, what I think works and what makes sense. But Ola is an important player to our team uh, because of his ability to score goals and because of his ability to stretch the defense. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, in time, Slatan's played very well with that kind of a player like Cavani or, or someone like that. So, you know, I'm sure we can uh, we can establish a, uh, a connection and a combination there. 
and you're used to derbies, the big Cascadian derby. You've got your, your first LA derby coming up next week. What's the buzz like in the city and how are you feeling about that? I mean, it, it, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting because obviously there's a new kid on the block and, uh, you know, you know they want to make their noise and, uh, and draw attention to themselves and, uh, and we don't want to relinquish our spot. So uh, it's, it's going to be good. Inner city rivals, uh, you know, obviously Cascadia derby is, is fantastic. You know, in my years in Seattle playing Vancouver, playing Portland, I mean, those are special games. But when you're playing a team in your city, a team whose stadium is only, is only 10 miles and from your stadium, that's more, like a, that's more like an Everton, Liverpool. That's more like a Man City, Man United. You know, that's, that's all those derbies that you can think of, River Plate and Boca. And, and I think, uh, you know, in time, that's the kind of personality that derby will take on. So just with respect to the derby matches, from what you can tell, is it a different feeling than what it would have been uh, versus between the Galaxy and Chivas? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't involved in that. You know, I wasn't coaching the Galaxy, but obviously still having a home in L.A. You know, it, it was a situation where Chivas, you know, got out of the gate, you know, and struggled. And, and as a result of that, uh, it was a derby, but it never really took on that flavor. To a certain extent, uh, you know, this I think is going to take on a much different flavour. And next week's the, the big LA derby. Obviously, there might be some players, but you may not feature in that. You may, but how are you feeling, or how do you feel the buzz in the city is looking into that? I feel like there's a lot of pressure on the game for both teams. Um, obviously, it's the first one, and so you want to come out there, especially since it's on our home turf, set the tone that uh, we're, we're the team in LA um, and having. Uh, a, a star like Ibra come in, I think people will be extra focused on that game. So I think we're going to start prepping right now and hopefully we can come out with a good result. Oh, they're excited for this derby. Yeah, Michael, the destroyer of young kids' dreams. <laughs> You're probably not. I know. I, as soon as I said that to him, I was like, yeah, I really worried that way. I mean, you're, you're going to be excited for next week. You're not going to be part of it. You'll be back playing the USL. But I'll ask you about it because you're in front of me. The dream crusher. <laughs> the dream crusher. You played okay today, but not good enough to to be with that. But let's talk about Zlatan for, for a little bit. Who? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's going to play in the game. Has to. He will play. I think he might come off the bench. I don't he know will that play. I don't care. He's, he's going to play. I'm just glad he wasn't there yesterday. I like the Whitecaps tweet when Boateng missed the chance, saying, phew, good job Zlatan wasn't playing. Excited about players like this coming? Or is, is he old hat? He's 36. Can his knees even handle playing well, in the well, Last recent... year he played really well in, in England. Yeah, but then he has his major injury. Uh, yeah, that was the... the no, yeah. two years ago. So two years ago. Last does, year he was you asked Mike, does it excite me? Am I excited? No, I'm not. But I understand why people are, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I do as well. LAFC, they're the noisy neighbours. Unbeaten so far, start of the season. And like I say, I, ho- I hope there's a little bit of niggle next week. It's going to be fantastic. And they are likely to feature a Canadian, Mark Anthony Kay. Former of Louisville. Yes. And TFC too. reject. Yeah. 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 They didn't want him. Mark Anthony Kay was... Who's the reject then if they don't want him and he's playing now? He, he started for Canada in the, the game against New Zealand on Friday. Smash, or Saturday, actually. Smash the Kiwis. <laughs> yeah, 1-0. <laughs> but, in Canada, that's a smashing, Michael. But Mark anthony Kay, he's had a great start to the season. He started both games for LA, 
got a, an assist in his MLS debut. And I I was still at the time I was surprised that, that LA signed him, not because of his quality, but because he was Canadian. But it does look like he's got his domestic status, and that, that kind of helps as well. They also signed Dian Yakovic, who played for Canada. Yeah. But I got a chance to, to speak to Mark Anthony this week, just about playing with Canada, the big LA derby that's coming up, and, and just making the move to, to MLS from Louisville. So let's hear now from Mark Anthony Kay. First thing, really, just to ask you, Mark Anthony, is how how have you found the camp this time round? Obviously, you're involved with the, the Gold Cup and a, a couple of camps before. H- how's the feeling amongst the boys heading into this game against New Zealand? The feeling's good, you know. I, I feel good. I feel a part of this team. I think uh, most of the guys come in here with the same mentality, and you know, we just want to be able to compete against good opponents and get the right results. I think after the Gold Cup last year, people saw that Canada can become a very uh, controlling team and, you know, not sit back and kind of go after it. So I think that's where we kind of want to pick up from after that good Gold Cup performance. And then now we have a good opponent in New Zealand and hopefully we can perform well there. And obviously you were involved in the, the Gold Cup last year. You, you made two appearances in that tournament. How did you find that whole experience? It was obviously the first senior thing in, that you were involved with with Canada, but how did you find it all? Um, it was really good. Um, I got I came in there just you know with the idea to just keep my head down and work hard, and if I was able to get a chance, then to make sure that I take the most of the opportunity, and um, that's what pretty much happened. I think the Costa Rica game really changed my career for country and club. It, uh, gave people a different uh, look on how I could play. And, um, you know, everything was clicking at that time with the national team. We were playing really good soccer. A lot of young guys were breaking into 11 and playing. So it was just a great moment. And obviously you you were in all those camps and and games under Octavio Zambrano. There's a a new head coach now in John Herdman. Has it felt a little bit different this week? Or or what has John brought to the group that's maybe a little bit different than from what you had under Octavio? Um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, every coach is going to be a little different, you know, and it's, there's going to be a, a little transition period for the coach and for the players to, you know, understand what the coach is all about and the coach to understand what all the players are all about. So I think that um, it's been good. John's very organized and is set on what he wants us to do and he wants us to be bought in from day one. So, uh you know, it'll take a little bit of time for everyone to get used to his coaching methods, but I think that's just soccer, right? There's coaching changes all the time, or players move and go to different teams. You don't see it, obviously, with national teams, but for club soccer, you know, you're going to go into a different scenario, and you're going to have to adapt. So I think right now it's just a big adapting moment for everyone, and uh, I'm looking forward to how everyone's going to act like with it, and then we'll just go from there. So kind of turning attention to, to club level, obviously... People in Canada, they, they knew around you coming through the TFC Academy and you, you were with TFC too, but then you ended up in Louisville. Uh, how, did, how did that move come about? I mean, how did you end up leaving Toronto to, to end up in Louisville? Blamely, Toronto FC released me. 
and I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, it happens in most people's careers that they're going to get let go from a club, you know, and it was kind of unfortunate because I felt like I was doing enough to earn a spot there, but you know what? Stuff like that's going to happen. You don't let it beat you up. So uh, I was able, my agent was able to find me uh, Louisville, and it was a great, great start for me to really move forward as a professional. The environment was great. The coach there understands how to get the best out of his players and just create overall good people on and off the field. So I think I really excelled there. My mentality definitely got stronger. Work rate was much better. And I think after that, that's when people started to notice me and then got called into Canada. And after that, everything kind of took off from there. And of course, you won the USL Championship with Louisville last season. That must go down as one of the highlights of your, your football and career so far. How was that whole day? Yeah, no, it was uh, definitely good. It was uh, a long time coming for the club. It was a long time coming for me as a player as well. Uh, you know, that club, most consistent USL club in the last three years, by far. And uh, from the set, like, Going into preseason, we always knew that that was our end goal, and anything less would just feel like a failed season. So, being able to, you know, finally lift that trophy was just a big relief because the amount of hard work that gets put into practice and training all the time is—I don't think any team in the league can compare to it. So, it was just the right thing to happen, and it was a great moment. And now I'm happy that it, it's happened, but now I'm moving forward and hoping to win an MLS Cup. Yeah, the, the move to LAFC, I think it surprised a, a few people just because when it's a big team, especially an American team, you, you don't think of them actually signing Canadians. I mean, it's great that they've done that. When did you first get wind that, that they were interested in, in bringing you there? It was probably, I would say, early January. Um, first week of January, my agent had told me that uh, they were in talks with them and that they really liked me and we were just waiting on my domestic status to get approved from right. MLS and then once that happened everything moved really quickly so it was kind of quick really quick and it was like when I did hear it at first obviously I had a little bit of doubt you know because you don't want to believe everything you hear right away yeah. especially when it's not cemented but um, yeah once it happened it happened really quick and then next thing you know I was on a flight to LA and meeting all the guys so no it was good LA's season, I mean, the start has been incredible, those first two games and unbeaten so far. You've played both games 90 minutes, you got an assist in your, your MLS debut. Has this even exceeded, like, even your expectations as to how well that the start of the season has gone? I'm a little surprised, but I've always believed in myself, you know. So uh, I've seen what it takes to be a good player in the MLS. I've had friends who've played in the MLS and have had good careers going forward as young players so I knew that if I just worked hard and did everything the coaches asked that I eventually something good would come out of it not like when I first got to LA did I think I was going to be starting the first two games of the season not at all but um I didn't let that bother me I just kept working hard and then when I got my opportunity and realized that it's just the exact same game that I've been playing my whole life it was able to you know, I was able to just calm myself and just do the right things. And when you have good players around you, it makes it a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, it was good. When you come back from Spain now, you're going straight into the LA Derby against the Galaxy. First time that the two teams have met. It's going to be the first time that LA's played on on LA soil under the, the new MLS season. 
I, how much are you looking forward to that? And and what's the buzz been like? I know you've been away this past week, but what's the buzz been like in the city for this match? Yeah, it's a big game. It's gonna be. It's it's massive. It's it's definitely gonna be the talking point of the MLS for the next weekend. And I just think that you know our club has done the right thing to prepare for it. Um, everyone's excited to be a part of it. So I'm really looking forward to playing in that game because it's going to be so massive for not just LA but the MLS as a whole. So it, it'll it'll be really good. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Mark Anthony, and good luck the rest of the MLS season. And we'll see you when you come up to Vancouver. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mark Anthony K, baby, doing it for Canada. Notice that you didn't say that he wasn't going to be playing in the Derby next week. No, I expect him to play. I, I'll, I'll change my line sub. of questioning, I think. But he, he did play. He started for, for Canada against New Zealand. I didn't watch the game. I watched the second half. Early. It was really I, early. I was traveling back from Kelowna. So um, I, I thought the second half they well. played really well. Obviously, Ricketts got the goal. Um, it was a really direct goal the way they scored. I think with uh, Witherspoon may have assisted on it, if I remember Probably correctly. Probably good old Scottish boy. He was really good on the ball. Do we call it the South Surrey approach? We call it the Scottish approach. Oh, okay. And then um, I, I was I was in uh, from the what they said in the first half. He played really well. Liam Miller played really well yeah, on, down I the wing. That. I can like it just makes you salivate that you can see Davies and w- Miller on opposite wings with uh, some strikers and midfielders in there. It, Cavallini, yeah. I know he didn't play, but. Mm. So Liam, it's, it's, Liam it's, Miller was a guy we hoped to speak to for the show, but yeah. unfortunately he was doing a ton of media, so we didn't get him. So I guess the Whitecaps aren't the only ones that are protecting their players. Yeah. Liverpool will do it too. Yeah, <laughs> pretend they're, you're, they're young lads. But I do hope to speak to David Witherspoon uh, through St. Johnson pretty soon, so we'll hopefully bring you that in a future show. But we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Yeah, that was U2 uh, with Streets Have No Name. I played that uh, in dedication to a friend of mine who passed away this weekend. Um, he took his own life, unfortunately. Um, we've talked about it before. Depression is a serious thing. He was he was a really good guy. We were actually p- part of a, a posse, a KCP, um, uh, which was funny. Um, uh, yeah, I was part of a posse in high school. It was, <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting to see. But like my whole thing about that, I, I really wanted to mention it because no matter what situation you're in, wherever you are, if you if you're feeling these kind if if you're having these kind of feelings, you get some help. Talk to somebody, even if it's not professional help. Talk to somebody. If you don't want to talk to your family, then maybe talk to a doctor. It it, it makes such a big difference. Like I know of a, a person who who uh, was going through this, and they finally talked to somebody, and it, a weight gets lifted off your shoulders. So it's 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 a huge thing. And the previous two songs too, I. I, I played in dedication to the Sandman. He was a big Metallica fan. ACDC, whenever that song came up, he shook me all night long. We, no matter where we were on the dance floor, we, uh, we, we'd abandon the women 
um, and then we just find each other and just start dancing together. So, uh, okay, let, let's go. You dance. I dance. You've kept this quiet. I have. Bad, why are you not I have joining been, me? I have, I have bad dancing. knees. I'm sitting down. That's oh. why I have to run the board. It's oh, hard true. to run the board and dance at the same yeah, time. True. I'm, I'm going to have to ask Sandy about that. Oh, you can ask. You, there's probably videos of me too. I played King Tut in a uh, uh, elementary school play once in a dance recital. We learned yeah. all kinds of. But, but he's dead. Yeah. I played him. As the dead uh, in a role, no, pre dead, pre dead, oh, yeah. Because okay. I'll do with time machines and stuff like that. It's interesting. Okay, so <laughs> it's time for BC soccer web headlines, web headlines, he- he- web headlines. BC soccer web headlines. Yeah, that's it. That's what you meant. Yeah, it is time for BC soccer web headlines. Your one-stop site for news, links, and a lot more, locally, nationally, and internationally. Make it part of your daily routine. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. And what's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Quite a few stuff. Actually, I had to cut it quite a bit because I knew we were going to be running long. Um, we never run long. <laughs> we are today. Um, well, so, w- wavelength's coming up and it's only 90 seconds. Oh, that's good then. I can only last Those are my seconds. favorite wavelengths when they're 90 seconds. Um, so first of all, Most uh, folks. for the World Cup that's coming up this year, FIFA has approved the video review. Uh, to, they say to help referees. I'm not sure if it's going to be helping the World Cup itself. Um, they'll they were going to, they actually the the best part of it, which is I think the reason they're doing the VAR is they're looking for a sponsor now that can sponsor VAR whenever they do a review. What's what sponsors are going to want to attach their name to referee decisions? Well, if it takes hmm. a long time, they will because if it takes like 90 seconds, that's 90 seconds of sponsorship. I don't know. One one of the the best advertising soccer things I've seen in recent years is the referees in Scotland are sponsored by Specsavers, the opticians. <laughs> they also, and it was not related to VAR, but the, uh, they expect, <laughs> FIFA expects to have about $1.6 billion in reserve by the end of the year through all the other stuff. It's called, sur- it's called Surplus. Surplus, sorry. Yeah. Um, Leon of uh, League One is risking a season ban by UEFA for fan racism and disorder. Uh, they've been on a two-year probation. They're sitting fourth, so we, if they do get expelled from European competitions, that will affect them for sure because they're in the kind of, a, I think, Champions League maybe playing or whatever. So that's interesting. The, the, we talked last week about the Women's World Cup, uh, the Women's uh, National League kind of World League uh, that they're going to start. Yeah. That has been killed uh, because the World Council wants more detail. I don't know what kind of detail you want. Seems pretty clear that they want to do. They are the NDP. Yeah, exactly. We talked about the Greek owner last week, Savitas. An interesting story about him is uh, uh, the the headline was uh, Savitas links to leave a fiery tale of intimidation, political influence, and burnt cars. So apparently, the 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 motor operandi in uh, Greece is to um, burn uh, cars in order to intimidate. Burn it down. So uh, they, they, the uh, one of the coaches in on August of 2015, they entered a, a hotel and they burned the Izani, Izanti, sorry, head coach's oh, yeah. car. Um, the match ended up in a zero-zero draw, and then two years later, that same coach ended up with the team that burnt the like Savidis's team. Um, and then there was also an agent who agent's wife's car who got torched because. They, uh, one thing was they didn't. Uh, the player that he represented went to another team, and another player refused to resign. So that was the so. What are well. you saying, Steve? Is Greek there's fo- issues. Greek football may, may not be that stable. They, they maybe should not have Russian owners for sure. 
UEFA Na- Nations League, which is the men's uh, version of what they were trying to do with the women, will get $94 million in prize money for 55 teams. Ten- First place essentially gets $10 million U.S. Some quick hits uh, from other parts of the world. Very optimistic about our chances. Iceland wants Canada's support in the World Cup. Actually, Iceland, because they're, I think it's 300, three and a half, 350, yeah, 100,000 like or something. 330, yeah. Yeah. Um, they have a very low population. They're looking to uh, get people from around the world. And um, there's a site where you can actually get a digital jersey made up and you get your number and everything like that. I signed all of us up. Yes. So mine was uh, because they put basically put a son at the end of whatever your dad's first name was. Yeah. So my my jersey was Reginderson. Hmm. Um, yours was? Ronson, and, which at least is the proper name. Yeah, and Zach? Kirkson. Kirkson. So there you go. My, my dad's name is proper. Or were you mentioning Not other when people? Yeah, I had son on the head. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, I can't help what his name was. I have to take it. Um, My dad gets called Spike, though, so it'd be Spike's son. <laughs> oh, your, your dad? dad was... Your dad's the mascot? No. no I, 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 well, I, that's I, why you always hug the mascot when <laughs> you pass. It's like, Daddy! I don't know why he's called Spike. I thought it was because he was a heroin addict, but apparently it's not. So there was a long article about uh, fixing matches is from the uh, top team in Albania. And Tirana? uh okay, I'm not going to pronounce this. Sekender Bo, maybe I don't know. Uh, but Is they're basically they they they. Uh, I I went. I didn't want to go into too much detail because it was just too much. But they're facing a 10 year ban from UEFA for the amount of match fixing they're doing, and it's blatant, wow. blatant match fixing. Uh, Zabi Alonso is in uh, line for a possible five year prison sentence. What for tax fraud? I didn't see that one. But they're, they're all getting them. Um, I think. I think. I think they. I think they bring or... these headlines in in order for them to settle. Yeah. And pay the taxes well, it's, it's back. It's so far with yeah. Messi and no, no, all these guys. Chubby, Chubby Alonso is a great footballer. He played for Bayern. He was great. So soccer. And I'm sure he paid his German taxes. <laughs> soccer fans in Iraq celebrate end uh, a, a, almost a three year decade FIFA ban. It basically started when they invaded Kuwait back in the nineties. And it looks like sending, but they are still not going to be playing in Baghdad because it's just too dangerous there. But there, there's other cities. That oh, the ban for home matches, right? Home matches, yeah. yes. Um, MLS soccer and U.S. soccer. Miami expansion group examining five or so more possible <laughs> yeah. locations. And some of them are outside of Miami. Yeah. So it's interesting. That they, they want to build a big stadium. They want a state of the art. So this, the land they have currently is not big enough for yeah. them. I, I think Beckham said we, we're exploring options out just outside of Miami. Austin being one of them. I was going to say how far <laughs> is Austin outside of Miami? So uh, Rochester Rhinos, um, talking about oh. Lily Ball before. Yeah, they, they took a hiatus. Yes, but they uh, the, the city wanted to evict them because yes. they weren't making a decision. And now they need to confirm by September 1st whether they're playing for uh, uh, December, for 2019 or they'll be evicted well, you, by you, December. You know what they did for this year, right? Yeah, they're taking a year off. No, 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 but to keep, to keep yeah, their lease. Yeah, they're playing some friendlies. No, and... they're bringing, yeah, they're, well, they're, I think they're letting Toronto FC... Two, I think he's playing home games in Rochester. I think yeah. for part of the year. I didn't hear about that. They have to Did have. Didn't mention that. They have to have like a minimum. I don't. That's what they were trying to do. Yeah. They have to have like a minimum of four soccer games on, at the stadium to keep their lease or whatever. They're, so they brought in outside. So what? Yeah. What, what then? Th- that probably not going to happen because I read that they're actually in addition to the rent, they're p- paying a little bit extra in order to uh, not play supp- supplement the income that would come from that. And the, the last male northern white rhino. In 
existence died this week. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Sad news. I know. I thought it was a sad section. I just thought I'd add my my bit to that. <laughs> Detroit City FC CEO yeah. is mentioning that they might be forming a new league. Are uh, uh, is one it, of the options? That's what North American football needs more leagues. Yeah, they're currently playing in the National Independent Soccer Association NPSL. NISA. Just now they're in the NISA. Well, they were in the NPSL, yeah. They switched? Yeah, they must have. Um, And they're averaging about five five to 6,000. And which which would be about 10th in the USL at this point. They also mentioned that they might go to USL as well. So that's not. Yeah, that is an option. Um, so that they're, they're they're exploring a lot more. Right now, I don't think they're paying any of the players. All their players are amateurs right now. Um, and finally, Lights FC signed Freddie Adu. Yes. Make it official. Who I thought he had already signed. But Las yeah. Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They're bringing all the stars to Vegas. Yeah. Llamas, everything. Yeah. Um, Canada News. Uh, there's a rumor going around that Canada might be invited to the 2019 Copa America. Yeah. Uh, Canada, United States, and Mexico would be the teams from CONCACAF. And you guys say John Herman's not doing anything. Qatar, South Korea, China, Japan, Australia will be one. Like There'll be three teams from there that are joined from Asia. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Wait, how I, many Asian teams are in the Copa America? Well, there'll be three. There'll be three Copa of those America teams I mentioned. should just be South American. I don't think they should invite anyone. The, I, I think it's ridiculous. I think they want 16. They want like four groups of four each. Yeah, it's just nonsense. I don't see a problem with it if it helps Canada get a little bit more exposure. Just makes my Panini sticker albums bigger. Oh, okay, gotcha. Affiliates be gone. How USL, USL affiliates are harming Canadian youth development. Essentially, this is about Vancouver and, and <laughs> yes. Fresno. Yeah. Um, with two matches, no minutes? No, they, no, got, it, they got some token no, minutes. Hoven came on in the 84th yesterday and Terran Campbell in the 89th. Was yeah. it the third game then? Second, Second. game of the year. Oh. The well, first game there was no. Talking, oh yeah, zero uh, starts. Yeah. Zero starts. I think they've got two games coming up in this this week to come. So we'll talk about that next Sunday. Yeah. Um, Canadian President uh, Paul Byrne uh, begins Edmonton visit. He's mentioning that there's up to twenty parties. I don't know twenty cities, twenty parties that are showing interest in joining the league. He's saying that minimums to start is six. By 2022, it's going to be twelve. By 2026, sixteen. Uh, twenty groups, like we said, are interested. In addition to more than one from America, yeah, but which, Detroit which he, City, you have to think, would yeah. Be one of them. But he said that he doesn't see that being an yep. option that would derail what they're actually trying to do. Well, the Cosmos owner had talked that that would have been a, a possibility. Yeah, um, reaction from he had a meeting with uh, TFC and Caps. Uh, yeah, the presidents, and he says and the other Bill guy. Manning. Yeah, he says the below and bubble. he's uh, he's saying the meeting was neutral to positive. Which one was neutral and which one was positive? <laughs> Manning is not a big fan of the CPL, so I'm guessing he's neutral. Yeah, and Bobby's a big advocate for Canadian soccer. So <laughs> I would say that was the positive one. Cool. Couple of women's stories. Uh, Christine Sinclair says she would stay with Portland if Grant- Vancouver was granted NWSL expansion. Clause. Well, no, she would. I've, it- I've heard the audio. Yeah, and. It wasn't. She, she was with all her Timbers people. She couldn't go. Oh yeah, I'd love to just leave this club and no. go. Exactly. She would. She said Portland's her home. Yeah. Is basically she can't see herself leaving it just now. Yeah. Which again. That's not. If they, and Paul Byrne actually talked that the Canadian Premier League might be having a women's league much sooner than they'd originally planned. So. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I have heard for sure that the Canadian Premier League, the desire is long term. So have. I mean, would the Whitecaps want to go into NWSL or wait? Canada, well, Christine Sinclair, we're talking about her. She's helped Canada actually climb to fourth 
in the latest FIFA women's rankings. You got in front of them uh, U.S., England, and Germany in that order. Uh, World Cup uh, 2026, some news from there. Ed Willis had a, a feature about, uh, like he was the one of the ones that wrote initially that he was so against yes. what the decision was by BC government. Then yeah. he read the information, and now he's kind of uh, uh, pulling it back. Um, and, he, and he mentions that maybe the FIFA needs to act like guests instead of uh, uh, like like not visiting royalty. Are you, are you uh, saying like, people commented on this without actually know what's going on? I yeah. know, crazy. I you read. walked it. You walked it back too a little bit. Yeah, I still think we should. We should have. It bed, yeah, but, but anyway, I read Morocco's uh, bid document. Yeah, in, in well, full, and it's and I also looked at their website compared to our website. Morocco's is very impressive. And I, I was going to mention theirs, some of the points here. Yeah, I, I was actually quite won over by so, it. Cu- couple go thi- Morocco. Go, a couple of things uh, that they have is um, one thing, one of their selling points is a 550 kilometer radius of Casablanca with a maximum 75 minutes flights from apart from all yep. the cities. They, they are mentioning that one quote from the story was that we are not going to transform the strategy of the country to fit the World Cup, which was interesting that they're kind of fighting back against what FIFA wants as well. Um, the budget is 15.8 mil, uh, billion, sorry, including 3.2 billion from the private sector. They've also made a big thing of the fact that if it's here, you're in three countries, you're yeah. in different time zones, you're traveling a, a big distance for fans, yeah. whereas you don't have that there. Yeah. They also showed you how many live games, because they hope to have four a day. So how many live games in, in each thing people would be able to see live and Western Canada and America wouldn't be able to watch any of them live because they'd be in the middle of the night. Yeah. And then also, uh, like we said last week, they're right above the above Europe. That's right in their time zones. Yep. And <laughs> they're not too far from Not too far from Qatar, Qatar. Uh, and from Russia. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zach was there ahead of us. FIFA task force, oh. though, will have to score the uh, from zero to five. Uh, and they have to reach a minimum two in order to even bid. Seventy uh, percent of the panel score comes from the infrastructure, and thirty are projected costs and revenue. The the Trump factor is an issue, though. Uh, some people think it's not an issue, especially the uh, the committee that's uh, from uh, USA, Canada, Mexico. They're saying it's not that big, big of a problem. Shock. But, but not, after Stormy Daniels, he might not even be there by the time the bid. But Alan decided. Alan Rothenberg. Um, he brought the World Cup in 1994 yeah. uh, to America. He says that the politics will play a part, especially in the vote. Oh, yeah. Because if you think of it, they are doing a non-disclosure vote. So nobody's, everybody's vote's going to know. Now, if you're, a, for example, North Korea, if you're a voter from North Korea, part of that voting committee, do you really want to vote for America? Or are you going to vote? Because they're, everybody's going to see this. But if you, well, Sure. But there's other countries like that too that do they really want to show their government that they voted for America even though the the government's having issues with America? Exactly. So I know that we might said actually last be week, very naive. Open voting actually might play uh, uh be against what Canada uh, wants and USA the committee. Uh, so much speculation, so much excitement will not have too much longer to wait till it all plays out. And it won't be too much longer till this show ends. I mean, I'm sure everyone's quite pleased about that. Just before we do, it's my favourite part of the show. Yay. It's a wavelength. It's a short wavelength. It's about 90 seconds. Yay. Because I was thinking, we have not had Half Man, Half Biscuit on the show for a while now. 
I did have half like biscuit earlier weeks, today. Yeah. 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 Did you dunk it? No. Ah. I usually I, do. Dunk. I was a little bit worried. I might have used up all their football songs, but no. And they've got a new album coming out this year <laughs> with at least two new football songs on it, so that's going to be fantastic. But this one we go back to two thousand and one from an album called Editor's Recommendations. And it's about the former Arsenal goalkeeper Bob Wilson, who was turned into a TV presenter. This is Bob Wilson, Anchorman. Half Man, Half Biscuit there from 2001. Editor's Recommendation is the album, and that was Bob Wilson, Anchorman. Because Bob Wilson made the transition to be a, a TV presenter, and he was terrible. And I was just reminded of him yesterday when I saw that Stephen Caldwell was in the stadium watching the game oh, with yeah. us. Yeah. But anyway, that is it for this week's show. Just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter, at WhitecapsBeat, and probably falling asleep tomorrow during Paddington 2. Uh, for me on Twitter, it's at ZacharyAM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Follow us on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. And leave a nice review or some ratings on iTunes for us if you enjoy this podcast. But that is it for this episode of the show. We're going to have a lot of good stuff up on the, the site this coming week, including some more TSS roster reveal. I was going to do it in the show tonight, but yeah, but long enough. But until next week, thanks for listening. Take care. Watch out for the preview podcast on Thursday and mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.